And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, covering down on some ground across the great state of North or the great state of Alabama, the northern part of our state. I'm talking about we are way down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back to Gadsden, parts of Georgia, Tennessee, and Mississippi thrown in just for good measure. Hey, I'm switching gears now. We finished number one of the Triple Dipper. That was Scams and Shams. We're moving on now to, um, I'm calling it House Rules, but it's House Rules, State and Federal. So, yeah, so let me let me back up and, and, and lay the foundation for this. A lot of folks don't realize that there are rules of the House. I'm talking about Congress, and I'm also talking about the State House of Representatives. Keep in mind, and I, by the way, I, I feel like I'm preaching to the choir, but I got to say it every once in a while, there's somebody who's not aware. We have a very viable and active state legislature. Every state does. So you have, of course, Congress. Everybody knows the Congress and the U.S. Senate. But a lot of folks don't realize the impact on their lives of your own state Senate and state house. They meet in Montgomery in the state capitol, and they are the ones that make all the state laws. When you go to when you, when when someone goes to court, goes to jail, um, gets a traffic fine for texting while driving, pays taxes at the gas pump, you know, looks at how much we spend on education. Every bit of that comes from Montgomery, and you have elected officials who live right there in your hometowns. Uh, I was a state senator for eight years, and I can just tell you. I knew going in that the state Senate and the state legislature was impactful. I don't think I ever realized to the extent that it was until I got there. And I hate to say that, but I, I got there and realized, wow, there's a lot of times more that impacts our day-to-day life out of Montgomery than what impacts us out of D.C. It just doesn't get the same kind of news coverage. I mean, we'd be down there in the state capitol passing something of major import, but the story on the news would be something trivial out of D.C., Anyway, within the bodies of the legislature are the rules by which the legislature is governed. Same in D.C. And those rules can be amended, some of them. I mean, you have the procedural rules, like the parliamentary procedure, and and, and a lot of times the arbiter of whether something is or is not uh, uh, meeting the standards of the rules um, is is determined by the clerk of the Senate or the presiding uh, uh, member uh, who sits in the chair. In the case of the state Senate, the, the lieutenant governor sits in the chair and presides. And in the state House, the Speaker of the House, um, which is soon to be, uh, we understand, State Representative Nathaniel Ledbetter, who was here in the studio with us a few weeks ago. All right, all that to say, there's rules that don't change in terms of procedure, but then there's rules that do, and those are the actual rules of the House, rules of the Senate, not the parliamentary procedure, but the rules. The rules can be amended. The rules can be amended and sometimes it makes things worse. The rules can be amended in such a way that um, it can gain too much influence for a certain person, a certain party, uh, or for that matter, it might make things better. And it's going to be little things like uh, how many members can be on a committee? What are the voting rights? How do you bring local bills? Like if all you want is uh, if you, if you want to have a bill on, I don't know, um, whether or not you can have Sunday alcohol sales in Bruton. Well, they may have to have a bill just for their locality in Montgomery, but how do you bring those to the floor and how's it work? And how do you vote? And, and oh, by the way, what are the procedures by which you vote? And oh, by the way, how much notice do you have to have before a committee can have a hearing? And, and oh, by the way, how long does it take to bring something to the floor after it's been through committee? All these things relate to the House rules or the Senate rules. Well, right now, today, this is a huge day, y'all, because last week up in D.C., what was being just, you know, 
just bandied about, and it, it was it was less about the person. I mean, everybody thinks it's about oh, it's Kevin McCarthy. We don't trust him. It wasn't. It wasn't. That was like minuscule compared to what was being negotiated. Kevin McCarthy was probably always going to wind up being the Speaker of the House. I say that because he had the overwhelming majority. He had ninety percent of the caucus. The twenty percent were holding out. Not because they always believed that Kevin was wrong for the job, but there were a couple who did. But for the most part, they were holding out because they were trying to change the rules. They were trying, and, and for the right reasons, they were trying to bring some different level of autonomy and accountability to the House. Under Nancy Pelosi, people could do things like vote by proxy. Why? Because she had the rules amended to do so. What does that mean? That means a, a congressman didn't even have to be there. They could just call and leave a note that says, uh, due to the ongoing health pandemic, I don't believe that it is wise for me to be present today. I have now authorized Congressman so-and-so to vote in my stead. Do you know when the 200, uh, when, excuse me, when the $1.7 trillion omnibus spending bill came over from the Senate a couple weeks ago, $1.7 trillion freaking dollars of your tax money filled with pork like you wouldn't believe that the Senate saw it for a whole 24 to 48 hours tops before they had to vote on it. 4,155 pages. And then once they do, it's called being transferred. They transferred the bill back to the House. It was not at all what the House had seen in the past. It wasn't like the House had really had a time to deal with this. And so they sent it back to the House Guess how long Nancy Pelosi gave the members of the body to review that bill? About four or five hours. 4,150. There's no way in the world anyone could possibly read and know for sure what was in there. Pelosi didn't care, and her rules allowed her to do it that quick. And her rules also allowed the fact that 226 members of Congress were not even there. Can you imagine that? You got elected to be a freaking congressman serving in the Congress of the greatest nation on the face of the earth, the only true viable remaining superpower on earth, and you spent $1.7 trillion and you didn't have the wherewithal to even be there. Onesies and twosies, I get it. Somebody's in the hospital, somebody's sick, somebody's daughter graduated from college, and they're real people too. They got lives, I get it. No, not 226 of them. The rules allowed them to do it. Those rules are changing. So the manner in which Congress conducts its business and the manner in which the state House of Representatives conducts its business are both changing. Now, right now, Congress has taken up new rules today. I mean, I don't know if they got the votes yet. But aside from the vote, you know, scuffle that we saw last week trying to get Kevin McCarthy elected, the, the thing we got now is some of those moderates, they're ticked because they didn't want the rules changes that the Freedom Caucus got put in place. The Freedom Caucus really held out, y'all, for the benefit of the nation with rules that will allow for greater level of accountability on fiscal matters, will give conservatives more of a voice in the overall process, and, uh, and that's good. Now, on a slightly different tack, we have a situation brewing right now in Montgomery, and I'm, I'm looking at it kind of sideways. I mean, some of these lawmakers are, are personal friends of mine. Um, Nathaniel Ledbetter sat right here in the studio, and I consider him to be a friend. 
But I'm concerned about the level of change they're looking at because even though I get irritated with Democrats having the right to to filibuster and to hold up the process, that's still their right, the same as what the 20 had last week in D.C. You, you got to make sure that you recognize that your role in the majority may not always be there. And if you begin implementing rules that disenfranchise a conservative voice or the Democrat Party, that, that those of you in charge may wind up regretting it later. And I don't want to go down that road. And I surely don't want to go down that road because a bunch of moderates and special interests decided the best thing they could do was make it harder for conservatives to have a voice. <laughs> Not after what we just saw in D.C. I mean, can you imagine if we are a bright red state and, and we can't um, govern as such? All right, listen, we're going to cover down on this. Story came out on 1819. I got a leaked copy this past weekend of the proposed House rules. Somebody sent it to me. What day did I get it? Friday, I think. So Friday, I got it. Um, I, I also understand that uh, 1819 News got a copy. I think Jeff Poor's already had it probably on his talk show this morning down in Mobile. Um, it's a, a story came out on 1819news.com about it today. Um, Stephanie Smith, I know she got a copy of it. And she actually contacted me. I said, come on the show. Let's do a whole segment called House Rules. So Stephanie's going to be here at the top of the hour. We're going to talk about, hmm, all these rule changes. Do we like them? Don't we like them? What could they mean? Are they done innocently? But what are the second and third order effects? House Rules. Boomer, let's do this, man. Let's take a break about a minute and a half ahead of schedule so we can come back and have more time to start unpacking this. You guys, we're going to take the break right now. Number two of the Triple Dipper. House rules, state and federal. By the way, these rules will determine in some ways whether conservatives have a voice. We'll talk more about it. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. back phil williams right side radio solid conservative just plain right making it cool to be a conservative you want to text in we'll take those remember i see we got a new texture by the way uh amy from madison just texted in um and uh so yeah amy uh glad you're there uh we got you in the system now uh glad you are on board right side ruffian so uh yeah if you're texting for the very first time it's 833-687-4448 you can find all that stuff by the way if you go to our website uh, rightsideradio.org. The phone number is at the top. That's the same number you call in if you want to. Um, and you can also watch the live stream. Uh, Boomer and I sit here in the studio doing our thing. And uh, and so, yeah, Right Side Radio's uh, studio has got a live stream on our website, on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube. Where else, Boomer? Anywhere else? If I got it all? Uh, yeah. Website. YouTube, Facebook, and, oh, yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> it. I was like, is there was one like, more? No, that's, that's, that's it. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> There's four of them. All right, good deal. Uh, yeah, I mean, I tell you what, the tech has really ramped up uh, since Boomer's been in the chair, so we're glad of it. Um, 
Hey, uh, and yeah, if you do text in for the very first time, uh, text the word right side. You'll get an automatic message back that says, you know, something like, thanks for listening, you right side ruffian, or something like that. And tell us your first name, where you're from, and we'll put you in the system. Uh, had a ton of texts today. Um, let me tell you, we're on this first, this, this, uh, the second part of the Triple Dipper, excuse me, house rules, state and federal. Let me give you an example, personal experience, something I was thinking about proposing. I did the research on it. And I was in the state Senate. Senator Dell Marsh was the pro tem of the state Senate. There's this very tedious process we have to go through every year. It's called sunset bills. Sunset bills are those that have a sunset provision in them related to a government agency. You know, like in eight years in the, in the legislature, I only saw one uh, um, committee or excuse me, um, agency that was actually sunsetted, meaning we didn't need it anymore. But you'll see things like, I don't know, uh, the Alabama uh, pipe fitters board or, or, you know, the Alabama builders commission or something like that. And all these have their own quasi state controlled agency, or at the very least they're chartered and they have some limit measure of authority. And a lot of them have sunsets on them. So that means every year you're required by the constitution to review them, make sure they still have a grounds for existence. And then we have to bring them back to the floor of the house and the Senate and approve them. Okay. All that to say, there's a bunch of them. I'm talking about a whole bunch. And I'm talking about if the Democrats are mad, if they had something going on that they were trying to control, they would get up there and literally you've got, here, here's how long it could take. Madam President, uh, I move that we consider, and, and they would bring it up. The next bill on the calendar will be this. Yes, ma'am, I move that we consider that and move for final passage, third reading being with using the previous role without objection. I object. And the next thing you know, what could have been about a 45-second process to pass one and go on to the next one on the list because they are literally perfunctory. There is nothing to them. They are, if I had to say rubber stampish, they're rubber stampish. I watched more than once when the Democrats were mad about something else unrelated, and so they would take turns filibustering, and every single one of those is considered a bill that could have up to two hours of filibuster. What that means is a list of 15 um, sunset committees could literally be done in half an hour. You could, you could take 15 of those and within two minutes have each one out of the way. From the time you brought it to the floor, it was voted on, and it moved to the next one because these are not considered to be overly substantive. They are part of the process of maintaining functions of government that have already been deemed by the committee as necessary. Bam. What happens, though? 15 of them go to two hours each. Picture it. You just went from 30 minutes to 30 hours. And you would have literally, when you consider that a legislative day is on the average about six to eight hours in the chamber, you just literally could kill multiple days of legislative process. All that to say, why am I talking about this? Because that was the rule. So I researched the rule. I went to uh, the Legislative uh, Fiscal Office and the Legislative uh, Services Agency, and I asked them to research this for me, and they came back and they determined, yes, you know what? We actually could consolidate all of those sunset bills into one omnibus sunset passage and just simply say, uh, we now will consider all of those that were considered to be non-controversial. They were not opposed in committee and pass it as one bill. Why would we not? Here's why we would not. That was my idea. 
But the voice of wisdom at that point was Senator Del Marsh, who I, I greatly respect. He was here in our, 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 cha- our, our studio not long ago. And Del said, Phil, here's the problem. One day we might not be in charge and we'll be wishing we had that option. And he said, I, I said, I was in the majority. I was in the minority for so many years. There were times when we stopped some bad legislation the Democrats were proposing because we had the option of opposing sunset bills and they gave us time. He said, if I strip it away from them now, they'll use it against us later if they ever have the ability to be in charge. And I looked at him and I said, well, that makes too much sense. All that to say, rules matter. And when you know the rules of the House or the legislative body you're in, you can get some stuff done, man. But when you see people trying to, quote unquote, streamline the process, like I was trying to do, actually, you may find hmm, that could backfire. You may find also that there may be a time when a piece of legislation, in this case, think about it. Just it wasn't so long ago, Republicans passed a freaking gas tax. Republicans passed a medical marijuana bill. Republicans came close to passing a gambling casino bill. It may be that conservative members of the body have to have those options even to stand up and say, whoa, 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 I want to slow this sucker down. I've done it myself. So that being said, we got to watch these rule changes very carefully to make sure that what we're not seeing is, is a, what, what, that what we're seeing is not something designed to, to literally disenfranchise a voice, any voice, even a Democrat voice, but certainly we don't want to disenfranchise the opportunity for conservatives to stop bad policy. So that's why we're spending time today on House rules. We're going to come back here in a minute, talk with uh, Stephanie Smith. Uh, Stephanie always has great input. She's been around state and federal government for a number of years, and we'll get her take on this. But folks, listen, this is a big deal, and it means something. The rules matter. They do. Uh, And how you govern the House of Representatives at both D.C. and Montgomery, oh, it can matter. Hey, before I go any further, i got to tell you guys, uh, as we're about to head to the break, um, I'm switching gears here. Riley and Jackson, uh, the law firm Riley and Jackson, they're friends of mine. Uh, I know these folks personally. I talked to them just the other day. I've worked on issues. I've worked on cases with them. They are working on this Camp Lejeune water contamination case. It's confirmed the water was contaminated. It was known, apparently, and there are like 19 different major illnesses attributed to it. And if you were ever at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1987, you, you may have become eligible for a claim, or for that matter, one of your family members may have been exposed to it, and they're eligible for a claim. The other piece they wanted me to make sure y'all knew, because they've gotten quite a few, apparently, right-side calls, and they've got several new right-side clients, was they wanted me to let you know that firefighters, if you were a firefighter, or for that matter, in the military using firefighting foam, you may have been exposed to a carcinogenic version of firefighting foam. They're working that case, too. They will not charge you for a consultation call. They will not charge you unless they get money for you. How about that? You can call them at this number, 205-879-5000. That's Riley and Jackson Law Firm. They work statewide. Number is 205-879-5000. And please tell me you heard about it on Right Side Radio. And no representation made of the quality legal service before. It was great quality legal service before the lawyers. There it is. Taking a break. Coming right back. Stephanie Smith. <laughs> 